Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today I'm talking to Tom T. Moore. Tom is a telepath and has allowed himself in a meditative state to provide detailed information about extraterrestrials, Earth's history, and the lost continents of Atlantis and Lemora. He is an award-winning speaker and author of the Gentle Way books, his books, which provide a simple yet powerful tool for everyday use. The Gentle Way series includes the Gentle Way 1, 2, and 3, The Way with Pets, The Gentle Way with Pets, plus his book Atlantis and Lemora, and he's also working on a book on Gaia, which he's um, trying to bring out to the world, the soul of the earth. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks for having me, Barb. I'm so glad to have you back. And I should have said in the intro, you've been on before and we've had a great conversation. And we talked about Atlantis and Lamora then. And now yes. we're going to talk more about the Gentleway books and the uh, benevolent, benevolent outcome and the benevolent prayer. But first, I want you to tell my audience, what is a telepath? Okay. Um, and and by the way, and how did you meet your your guides and your angels? Okay. Uh, okay, the basic uh, idea of a telepath, anyone in your audience uh, can be a telepath because everyone, and this is what I've been told in my meditative sessions, everyone has the pineal gland in the back of your head. Now, scientists so far um, uh, have only been able to discover that the pineal gland uh, secretes melatonin, but it acts as an antenna for every type of telepathic thought, image, you name it, gut feeling. There's all sorts of names for telepathy, but that's, that's where it all comes through. And um, so, so anyone here can go into a light, meditative, altered state and, uh, uh, and ask to speak to their own guardian angel or whoever they wish to speak to. And they just have to listen to what are called thought packets. That's what I've been told they're called. Thought packets are sent to you and they're, then they, they come through the pineal gland antenna and then they're interpreted according uh, in your brain according to your knowledge, your religious beliefs, and so on, so that uh, 10 people could be asked the same question and get 10 different answers. It all depends mm -hmm. on your background. So that's, that's how telepathy works. And in future years, everyone is going to learn how to... Uh, contact your own uh, guardian angels, even creator um, in your in your meditations, because even creator says time. He says he says, I can handle trillions of communications all at the same time, many beyond your understanding, because they're with ETs we have no idea about. And he said uh, uh, he said 
so just just tell them all they have to do is ask for me and I'll respond instantly and they can ask the most trivial questions and I will respond. Yeah, how do you know that you're you are definitely talking to your angel and not maybe a low level spirit that's saying, sure. Yeah, I'm your angel. When when I uh, go into a meditative state, okay, um, which I, which starts with a, you know, breathing in through my nose, out through my mouth, and all. One of the things that I do is I surround myself in a bubble of white light for protection. And in my case, I say, and it it can go out as far as it needs to go, three hundred and sixty degrees in all directions in order to, to completely and uh, and utterly protect me. And then I've I've been told by Theo that because of the work that I do, because I've asked thirty thousand over thirty thousand questions in these meditative states, over ninety five percent of them uh, sent in to me by the readers of my weekly free newsletter. Um, then. Uh, I also say, I and I also send a bubble of gold light on the outside of the white light as an extra layer of protection that does not interfere at all with the bubble of white light. So I have I have two bubbles that that uh, protect me, um, so I know that I'm um, I, I'm speaking with whether it be my guardian angel or creator or Gaia, the soul of earth, or whoever it happens to be that I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, protected. And if for any reason, if someone is talking, uh, is communicating with with a, a spirit, and they try and ask you to do something, you immediately cut off the, uh, cut off the communication, send white light to that spirit, and uh, surround yourself with a bubble of, of white light again, because one of the things that I'm I've been told over and over again for thirty thousand times or whatever is that I will never be asked to do anything. It's all we have to make our own decisions. That's part of being in what's called the Earth experiment. We have we have to make our own decisions. We have to make our own decisions, but we're not on our own. No. <laughs> when you request benevolent outcomes, it's like, you know, it's like um, if you come up uh, against a challenge that seems like a brick wall, then mm -hmm. then if you request a benevolent outcome, it reduces it to a big speed bump. You still have the challenge, but it's not yeah. as major as it would have been had you not requested the benevolent outcome out loud because okay but I, before we go into that i'm okay. going to back you up just a sec sorry okay. um i want you to tell everybody where you met your angels and like you mentioned theo before and theo is your main or your first angel you met right or your main no. angel and then who you met through theo who okay. theo brought in yeah uh theo was not the first okay oh, he wasn't oh okay no so, <clears throat> excuse me, it all started back, uh, I was reading a channeled article from in the Sedona Journal, like this, this magazine, mm -hmm. and uh, it was by Robert Shapiro, um, and, he, and he was channeling 
a creator that's sort of like an understudy of our creator that Zos will one day have his own universe because there's uh, trillions of universes out there. And even our creator spent a long time uh, looking at other creations before uh, a creator created our universe. So Zosh is sort of like a helper. And, um, uh, and Zosh uh, said, well, you can, uh, you can re uh, request benevolent outcomes in your life. And I thought, gee, that's kind of interesting because I tried all sorts of modalities. Um, mm -hmm. At that time, the one that I tried the most was the law of attraction. And yeah. it worked sometimes and didn't work others. And I couldn't figure that out. So I kept, I kept searching. And yeah. so, so I started experimenting with uh, requesting benevolent outcomes. Um, and they worked perfectly. I was just amazed at how perfect they were. So time goes on. And, and I actually um, uh, uh, wound up because my daughter was, was uh, going to film school at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. I, uh, I, I, I am a French buddy and his girlfriend, and I uh, drove a truck full of furniture out for her. Uh, for her, her apartment there. And uh, so we stopped in Sedona and and uh, uh, Robert Shapiro did a reading for me. And uh, he lived there at that time. He, he doesn't live there anymore. He's in Hawaii. Um, and uh, uh, during that time, uh, or, or one of the other readings, because I've had two or three from him. Um, yeah. He, he told me, uh, uh, he channeled a Indian shaman in the 1600s by the name of Reveals the Mysteries, who is a shaman, was a shaman in the western part of the United States. And I asked Reveals the Mysteries, I said, is my sole contract to uh, support Robert and his work? And I was told no. And I thought that was kind of strange because it seemed like that that's what I was kind of doing. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so that kind of graded on my mind for a couple of years. Finally, my wife and I went to a seminar in 2005 um, in Sedona, put on by Dick Sutphen, S-U-T-P-H-E-N. And, um, and Richard was putting us under, the, the seminar was on increasing your psychic abilities. So he was putting us under every day. And at the end of the day, it, it feel like we'd had a, a whole bottle of wine each because we were so, <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, from, from, uh, from being put under over and over. And yeah. so, um, I, uh, uh, he was going to put us under and, and on the second day and, and, uh, uh, to do automatic writing. And so I thought, well, this is a good chance. Maybe I should try and contact Reveals the Mysteries. So when he, he puts us under, and so I said, Reveals the Mysteries, are you there? And he said, yes, I am, Tom. I said, whoa, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And, and so uh, we went on, and he, he told me, Tom, he said, um, you're, uh, you're going to reintroduce people to the gentle way. And... He gave me the title of my first book, 
the very first time I ever talked mm-hmm. to him. And so, and, and so he said, you're also going to write books. And I said, no, no, no. Um, I'm a business kind of guy. I'm just going to be in international film distribution till I retire. And that's it. He said, no books <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> really, really strong. I said, okay. So I wrote the first book in about 90 or a hundred days. And the, my website is www.thegentlewaybook, singular, not plural, dot com. And that's because uh, I didn't think I'd ever write another book. And here I am, six, almost seven books later. Right, so, right. That was the start. One vote for him <laughs> for <Yeah>. a reveal. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so I eventually started expanding out. I said, well, I wonder if I can talk to my own guardian angel. So, you know, I asked to speak to my guardian angel. And uh, this guardian angel comes on and, and I said, I said, guardian angel, what name should I call you? And he said, Tom, he said, humans don't have the vocal cords to pronounce angelic names. So mm-hmm. uh, he said, you'd just be frustrated. So you can call me Tom, Dick, or Harry, but Tom would be a little difficult in your meditations. <laughs> yeah. So I thought for a while, a couple of weeks later, Theo popped into my head, and ever since, I've called him Theo. It turns out I've called him Theo in several hundred other lives because I've done this work a long time. Wow. So many lives, many past lives you did this. Yeah, yeah. I'm supposedly not. Again, uh, sometimes I kind of hate saying this, you know, uh, but supposedly I'm on my thousand and fifth life on Earth. And you must be exhausted. <laughs> and this is, this is when most people are only having on average 600 to 800. And so I said, wow. I said, boy, I must be a slow learner. And and Theo said, no. He said, Tom, you just keep coming back to push people along. That's mm. part of your soul contract. And eventually I found out in the last couple of years um, that um, I've got 300 more lives to go. So I'm wow. I'm, and and I'm told I'm one of 10 people on Earth that have had over a thousand lives already. The, and of course, the reason dates back all the way back to Star Wars, but we can get into that or not, whatever you want to do. Okay, first I want to ask you about the gentle way. What okay. is the gentle way? Okay. The gentle way <clears throat> is, is a way to request things, request assistance, okay? And you do it in a verbal voice. Again, um, scientists are going to rediscover one day the power of the verbal voice. As an example, how were the pyramids built? They haven't been able to figure that out. The pyramids were built because uh, some ETs gave a sound uh, and that was used, and there would be groups of like 300 people, men, women, and children, and they'd switch off because they'd be doing this all day long. And they would make this chant or the sound, and it would it would lift the uh, uh, these huge blocks of stone, and they were moved into place that way. And that's that's how the pyramids were built. So and that's a vibration of the voice. Yes. 
And so when you request a benevolent outcome, it goes straight out to the the atmosphere or or (laughs) straight straight across the universe, wherever you you wish. And and you will get that benevolent outcome as long as it's uh, in a benevolent outcome for everyone uh, involved in the request. And it's on your soul contract. Okay. So if it's, imagine your soul contract as being like a football field. And if you request something that's within, within the, the boundaries of the football field, you'll get the benevolent outcome. But if it's way out here over here in the stands or something, it will not. And so under that, Heading would be like winning the lottery, okay? Um, uh, Very few, uh, winning the lottery is a sole contract item just as sudden wealth from an inheritance or sudden wealth from scoring a huge amount on a stock deal, something like that. All of those are sudden wealth, and it's a sole contract. A windfall. Yeah, a windfall kind of thing. It's it's a way to um, learn how to handle sudden wealth. And so that's, I, I've had it happen uh, a, to a couple of my, um, uh, a couple of my readers. One lady um, in Canada, uh, their family home was going to be taken back for taxes or something like that. And it was a, it was a, a vacation home. And so she requested a benevolent outcome to win the Canadian lottery. And she won one million Canadian dollars. Okay. So that's that's where it was really need and there was some reason to win that money. I've had other people that won fifty thousand or better. Um mm-hmm. and I've uh you know uh, we've lost our whole audience who is now yeah, doing uh, a benevolent outcome. Yes. But we need you need to explain what a benevolent benevolent outcome is. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Again, it's it's something that's benevolent for you and everyone connected with the request. So you could say, I request the most benevolent outcome for my drive to uh the grocery store or uh, I and it's that enough. simple. Yeah, it is that uh, simple. And or I requested most benevolent outcome for getting a parking space close to the to the front door. Um, mm-hmm. Those are mundane requests that you can immediately get feedback on. And say, oh, that worked. They were just pulling out of of the place just as I arrived. You know, and right. and and, and uh, or. But it has to be stated out loud. Yes, it has to be said out loud, and yeah. uh, because that's that's the power of the verbal voice. That's what scientists have yet to rediscover and learn. Okay, but they will one day, just as they will learn about the pineal gland. Some people call requesting benevolent outcomes magic. There, it's not magic. It's just something that that people don't understand yet or scientists don't understand. So it looks, it sounds like it's magic, but it's, it's something that, that scientists will prove one day. So if we could see it, if we could give it a color, we'd see the vibration going out to the universe 
and meeting up with what's in our soul contract. Mm -hmm. If it's not in our soul contract, it just kind of keeps going and just doesn't meet up. (laughs) And, 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 And then you can, you can move on up from the mundane requests on up to the really um, important ones, like requesting a benevolent outcome for the perfect mate or the perfect Mm -hmm. home or the perfect job. But when you do that, you have to understand that those take longer for the machinations (laughs) to, uh, to take place. Uh, You know, I had a couple of ladies in the past that, that have emailed me and said, Tom, I've been requesting benevolent outcome for the perfect man for me for the last month and nothing's happened. You know, mm-hmm. you you know, maybe that person is in a relationship that has to end, or maybe yeah. that maybe you have to um, go through a relationship that will prepare you for that perfect relationship. So there are, there are things that have to happen. Um, so, is that or, always the same or thing with the job? Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe a person is in that job right now, and they have to, you know, uh, get pregnant or uh, get a, a better job offer, move up, uh, move to another mm-hmm. company for that job to to open. So you have to be patient. Can it happen quickly though? Too, I mean, if sure. there's, if it's clear, if the path is clear, it just yeah. happens. Yeah, and especially if you're in danger. I had a lady in Kansas that had moved to a farm and had been there not for a long time. And uh, one day a, a tornado was headed right for her house. And so she said that she requested a benevolent outcome for herself and her children, ran and got them in the basement. The tornado uh, lifted up and went right over her house. I, I had something even similar happen to us uh, in the last year. We had a, a funnel clout. Uh, it was not on the ground, but it it moved for at least 10 or 15 miles, and it kept getting closer and closer to us wow. to the point where they were reading out streets that were close by our house. And so both my wife and I requested a benevolent outcome for the safety of, of ourselves, our house, all the houses around us, and and within two minutes, the funnel cloud completely dissipated. So, if it's it, already in your in your um, life path, did you need the benevolent outcome to bring it on, or was it going to come on anyway? What do you mean? And like you know, let's say um, if it's in your life path to get hit by a tornado, uh-huh. the benevolent outcome, the request for a benevolent outcome won't you work. Probably, right? you probably probably wouldn't be requesting benevolent outcomes. You know, that's the thing. When you request benevolent outcomes, you start changing a lot of things. In your that's soul. what I wanted to ask is, are and you again, changing again, what would have I, happened? I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned previously that maybe you'd get some wind damage instead of the whole house being torn apart mm-hmm. by requesting a benevolent outcome. In case okay, that was so you are problem. shifting. You are shifting the outcome, the right. energy. Yep. And then you have the benevolent prayer. Yep. This is what yeah. you say for other people and mm-hmm. animals and what have you. Um, I even have a book, The Gentle Way with Pets. Yeah. Okay. 
and um, uh, I, these uh, for my general way of series, I was voted best best self help author for three years in a row by the readers of a health magazine, and wow. um, um, so it, it it does work and. And I can preach <laughs> all, all, you know, uh, to everyone uh, every day on it. But until you experiment with it and until you start trying it out for yourself, then then you'll you'll never know. And you suggest that people start to try out for like getting a parking space or kind of smaller things. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're all going to go for the lottery, though. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be our first. Yeah, it's yeah. me. And, me and maybe fun. small amounts. As an <laughs> example, um, my family and I went on a cruise um, mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. And on the last day of the cruise, they have what's called a coverall bingo, uh, where you mm -hmm. cover the whole page. So, you know, I had I requested benevolent outcomes for each, each one of the, excuse me, um, each one of the games they played prior to that and nothing was happening. And so I had three or four cards and um, not too much was happening, but suddenly uh, I hit one and then I hit two and I hit three and I hit like four in a row. And I said, bingo. And, and <laughs> the kid next to me, like a 12 year old kid said bingo at the same yeah. time. Now I'm sure people thought he was my my son, but he wasn't. Yeah. And this is where you get into what's called the radiant effect, because it it kind of works for people around you. And we split an eight thousand four hundred dollar uh, pot. Wow. So it allowed us allowed my family and I to go on uh, the same cruise the next year, um, uh, because. Uh, at the same time, on one of the decks of the ship, there was there was a sort of a mini flood, and so they gave everybody on the ship. Uh, they offered a fifty percent discount, thinking hardly anybody would take them up on it, but we did. And so between yeah. between uh, getting that pot and uh, the fifty percent off, we we went on the cruise again. All right. I hate to sound very selfish, but <laughs> I'll go on with this. Um, in that situation where you're trying to win a, a pot, mm -hmm. would you bubble yourself and say benevolent outcome just for me? Or is that a terrible thing to do? No, you just because you're releasing a benevolent outcome. If it's mm -hmm. again, if it's within the boundaries of that football <laughs> field uh, mm -hmm. and they looked on it as being in the boundaries because I wasn't asking for a million dollars, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was just asking for a, a little part of a pot and, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the whole 8,400. I got half of it. the, yeah. the uh, man and wife of the, of the other family that split the pot weren't happy that I, I won at the same time, but that's the way it goes. Right. How'd you feel about him when at the same time you're good? Oh, hey, it, it, I'm sure it was good for them too. It's just yeah. some people, you know, look at a glass half full or half or half mm -hmm. empty. 
you know. Right. They looked at what they missed rather than what they got. Yeah. Yeah. And you called that radiant, the radiant effect. Radiant. And that's just the uh, vibrational. It's like when you're, bleed when, you're driving, out kind of. when you're driving to work, you know, and, and if you have anybody in your car, they're protected by your benevolent outcome, too. Or maybe they're, that bubble that surrounds your car in protection also extends to the cars on either side of you. Mm-hmm. So that's. If you save, huh? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> and then to keep you safe. Yeah. So with um let's say with pets, with your pets, how mm-hmm. do you work with the benevolent outcome with your pets? Oh, well I mean like uh, Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm saying the gentle way, maybe I should have put it that way. Yeah. Um one of our our dogs just uh, not too long ago suffered tore another ligament in her left rear leg. She'd already torn the one in her right leg a year before. And she tore this one chasing a squirrel or something. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Yelped in the middle of the night um, uh, uh, while I let them out. And um, uh, so, you know, I've requested, and, and my wife has too, a benevolent outcome for her rehabilitation from uh, from the tear, and she's undergoing uh, uh, rehab. Where where uh, uh, my wife takes her to this rehab vet place, and they put her in a, a tank of water with a little um, uh, what do you call treadmill? It? Treadmill. Thank you. Yeah. And and, and she. I've seen that. <laughs> she's built that up over over time. So now. She's on uh, like six, six minute, seven minute walks, uh, you know, three minutes up the block and three minutes back. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually we'll, she'll be able to walk the whole distance with, with her oh, sister. We have two sister dogs. Which, yeah. Let's see. It's in your book? Let's see. There they are. Oh, how adorable. And we'll, we'll put this on the web. Uh, site since by the way we're on the radio so but we'll put it on the website and we'll put out okay. clips they okay. are adorable little dogs <laughs> so yeah um when do you say the prayer though you hmm? know what's the difference between the prayer and the benevolent ask oh. for a benevolent outcome? okay a benevolent prayer is what you say for other people and beings so as an example um i've got I've got benevolent prayers I ask people to say each week in my free weekly newsletter about mm-hmm. uh, uh, protecting the people in uh, uh, in Palestine and and uh, in the Ukraine and and mm-hmm. uh, you know you can say a benevolent prayer. Let's just say there's a um, an earthquake and you say I I ask any and all beings to, to aid and assist. Uh, in finding all the people uh, that are buried in the earthquake uh, and bring them to safety. Now, it it could be a human that finds them, but it could be a dog, a search dog, or it could be mm-hmm. even a bird. Or uh, you know, uh, there's all sorts of things that can happen for someone to be found and rescued. So you can say that benevolent prayer. Uh, uh, for those people, 
And you can also say, now this is a prayer I say every single morning. Um, let's see if I can remember. I, He's got I, it here. I can say it for, for <laughs> Ukraine. You want me to say it? Which one are we? I have. I re, I ask any and all. This is in your. This is in your current newsletter. I think. Okay. Um, I ask any and all beings to aid and assist in protecting the people of Palestine and Israel from the fighting between Hamas and Israel. For those wounded to be given. Um, G I V D I C A L. Is that right? Be given what? Yeah, um, G-I-V-D-I-C-A-L. I don't know if that's a typo. Anyway, to be given assistance and yeah. for the hostages to be returned home unharmed with no further violence. And may there be meaningful negotiations between the two sides so that this will never occur again. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Is it thank you important? Um. When I first started requesting benevolent outcomes, I was just experimenting. So I never said thank you. But there were mm -hmm. so many times that when I requested a benevolent outcome, this, these amazing things happened. And finally, I just couldn't, you know, I just felt compelled to say thank you because, you, you were know. grateful, yeah. <laughs> I was so grateful that they were happening, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is MBO? Most benevolent outcome. Oh, okay. Because so, I saw that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, some people have uh, now this. Keep in mind, I was requesting benevolent outcomes years ago. So, mm -hmm. some people at that time definitely had a problem in pronouncing benevolent because that word was not being used as much as, as it is today. So, mm -hmm. Theo tells me. You can also say, I request an MBO, you know, for my drive uh, to the uh, grocery store. Thank you. Um, and it and he says, we know what they want, uh, what they mean, and we will respond. Mm -hmm. Does everybody have a an angel, a garden angel? Yes. These are actually golden light beings. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um when Creator um, set up this sp special space-time continuum to uh, to see if the four negative energies could be worked with, because all the trillions of other universes and our universe were all created in the ten positive energies, um, uh, he knew, and also our souls had to agree that we would be veiled so that um, we would not um, be, um, uh, we, we would not know how we solved a, a particular problem because all of us had had thousands of lives. I, I'm told I had, I've had over 100,000 lives back on this water planet in the Sirius B star system. He, creator feels that we'll be able to solve problems that nobody else in our universe has been able to solve um, uh, by being veiled. So we we will choose something new way to solve a problem. And um, so that's, um, 
you know, that's that's why we're we're veiled and and so we have these but he knew we needed assistance. So he put out a call and Theo jokingly said um, the job description went out and it said only golden light beings need apply. So he was he was joking. Yes. And exactly. so and so uh, there's a little over one million of these golden light beings, which are actually very ancient whole souls that have raised their vibrational levels over a long, long time to the point mm -hmm. where they glow a golden light. They're able to handle several hundred thousand people all at the same time each. Okay. Wow. Because uh, I, I was thinking a million of them and there are three billion of us. How's this working out? <laughs> yeah, well, and and it, it even gets amazing, more amazing. Eight billion. We're eight billion. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there's 12 parallel lives of each one of these lives going on at the same time. We're on timeline six, the middle frequency. And um, and all of these 600 to 800 lives are all going on at the same time. So you multiply that plus the fact that, like, my soul, uh, there are eight fragments of us having the 600 to 800 lives on average or more um, uh, on Earth. So uh, these are... At the same as, time? Yeah, these are known as soul clusters. And and so... <laughs> don't want to get too deep, but it, this is the way it goes. No, this is interesting. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to bring you back to some predictions, but we'll come back. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we've got these 600... Uh, so we've got, uh, on average, each soul has six to 12 fragments of itself having lives on Earth, all going on at the same time in these soul clusters that work with all these other soul clusters, you know, life after life after life, so that, you know, in, uh, uh, let's say um, in, in, in my uh, case, um, on my soul cluster, um, my wife in this life, in her next life, is going to be a pharaoh in ancient Egypt, and and I'm going to be his assistant. And um, but that's a past life for me. And then she's going to wind up going on in a future life to be Holly Selassie, and I'm going to be Queen Menon and have ten kids. So wow. All, but she's on a different soul cluster. She's not on my soul cluster, okay? Because uh, uh, our souls do not want us to have the same lives together because there's too much energy. And our souls want to have all these different experiences. So as an example, um, uh, Antura, uh, the ET that I communicate with every week, um, He's he's one of my soul cluster brothers, and his sole interest is exploration and laying out um, cities and towns from their very inception, while my sole uh, interest is, uh, is religions, and also uh, I, I, everybody wants me to have uh, as 
as their advisor, as their uh, when they're leaders, like mentor, when there's when they're leaders and countries. That so that's, that's, these um soul clusters. So Altura is one of them. Did Theo introduce you to Altura, or how did yes, you did. meet him? Yeah, we uh, in two thousand eight we were discussing some ruins across the world. And he says, you know, you're going to get to see those one day. And I said, I am. He said, yes. He said, uh, NET is going to take you. And he said, he's listening to our conversation right now. Would you like to speak to him? Well, I was in utter shock because I thought I was having a private conversation with my own uh, guardian angel. And it mm -hmm. turns out, to use the uh, an old term, I was on a party line. And uh, <laughs> I, think I know the to, term. You have to be a certain age to know what a party light is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so, so he, uh, I said, no. Uh, let me work up some questions, and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. And so, in a couple of weeks, I had enough questions, and I started asking questions of Antura, just like I do Gaia and Theo and so on. And Altor is a ET, so came from another place, he another came dimension, from, or from my home planet, this water world in uh, the Sirius B solar system, and uh, uh, we we were uh, both amphibians. He's he's an amphibian in this life because in this life he is to um, assist me in introducing people to extraterrestrials so that's that's why he's 50 miles above us in a huge syrian mothership with a crew of 900 plus their families totaling 1600 because they live their whole lives on this three mile wide and and 20 mile 20 stories tall uh ship which actually now that's on the outside on the inside because because it's in the 10 positive energies, it's 15 miles wide. So as Antura says... Still pretty close for that number of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says it's roomy. That's the way he describes it. So. <laughs> now, you were... He has promised you to see this, to, to do a documentary or something. Do I have that right? That you and your yes. family will actually visit his yes. mothership. Uh, yes. Uh, when I was about to close out the book on, uh, which is called First Contact. First Contact, Contact yeah. Okay. When I was about to close out that book, he, um, uh, he, uh, he kept giving me hints. Now, you have to understand, all these, all these people that you speak to, people, beings, whatever, um, they're under the rules that you have to ask specific questions. So when I started talking to Antura, um, I was really surprised to find out that he wasn't a human looking like me. He was an amphibian. But I had to ask every single question. What do your eyes look like? You know, uh, wow. do you have you know, a tail? <laughs> how, many, how many gills do you have? On and on yeah. and on. And, yeah. and so, uh, so he kept. You couldn't ask out. for a picture. You couldn't ask for a no, picture. They don't no. send pictures. He's, they're not under, you know, and, and keep in mind, back then in 2008, lots, most people did not believe in ETs. They believed mm -hmm. 
you know, in the religious teachings that that we're the only uh, intelligent Man. species in the universe. Luckily, that's finally changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he um, uh, he kept hinting around, you know, and I said, well, you know, he uh, we're going to go up in your in your spacecraft. He said, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, can I take pictures? Oh yeah, yeah. He kept hinting around. And I could not get it. Finally, he sort of broke the rules. And he said, because I was about to close off the book. And he said, Tom, he said, you and your family are going uh, to come up to our spaceship. And you're going to shoot documentaries for 14 days up here and um, uh, with us. And you're going to have the uh, complete run of the ship except for the engine room. That's supposedly coming very, very soon. In my book, he sort of lied to me and he told me it was going to be in a couple couple of years. I didn't find out until just a year or so ago that what we're waiting on is for the majority of people to believe that there are intelligent species of of people um, in the universe and it, because they don't want to frighten us. The ETs look at us as fragile. That's the word they use. We are a mm-hmm. fragile people uh, because I kind of agree. <laughs> you know, we're scared to death of what's everything. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, now that's bringing us too to the um, upcoming April eighth eclipse. That is right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's going to be the most benevolent event or one of the top two most benevolent events of the year um, because it's going to rewire <clears throat> everyone. It's going it, it's going to come up through Mexico, through Eagle Pass, Texas, through Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Little Rock, Arkansas, on up through the Ohio Valley, Cleveland. Um, uh, Syracuse, Buffalo, and on up from there. And you have uh, the map on your website, I believe. Yes, I, yeah. I do. Um, or in in my my newsletters, and um, we'll put oh, it on the website and on clips and all. Good. And uh, so we'll. Um, it's going to rewire people. It's going to make people much more sympathetic to other people and benevolent. It's going to, and especially when you think about going right through a very conservative part of the country, mm-hmm. um, Theo told me that this was planned eons and eons ago. Because I said, I, you know, I and I basically said the same thing. This must have been planned for a long time. And he said, yes. He said, keep in mind, with so many people alive on the earth, we knew you needed a little help in being more benevolent. And so mm-hmm. this is what this um, uh, solar eclipse is going to do. And he said, you don't even need to be right underneath it, although it's nice. Um, you can be hundreds, if not thousands of miles away, and suddenly you're going to start feeling more sympathetic to other people. So that's going to be like that radiant glow you were talking about with the well, benevolent much, outcome. Much bigger than bigger. that. Bigger, yeah. yeah. 
Now, is something going to happen, or is it just we wake up one day and we're nicer people? It sounds like it to me. I, I said, yeah. well, how long is it going to take? Not too long. So we'll see. Unfortunately, a lot of people become nicer when there's a disaster and and really are very helpful to other people sure. when there's a disaster. I hope there's not a disaster coming. No, I was told uh, this is much more about people and not um, and and not earthquakes or whatever. So, so okay, we'll so no disasters. The other, the other major thing is um, there's still supposed to be this this uh, free energy machine that's supposed to be released this year, even sooner. I thought it was going to be released at least by the last half of last year, but it hasn't. Um, I was told at least they uh, in late December they were having discussions as to when to release the plans. These plans will be released with no patent so that anyone in the world can have a free energy machine. And it'll What be, is a free energy machine? I don't know what it is, but I want it. <laughs> you'll have free electricity. You just hook it up to your oh, house. Wow. Or two or three or four houses can be hooked up at the same time. And you can, and you'll have free, free electricity, and even a place like a little village in Africa, you know, that has no, has no electricity, will be able to have one of these little machines. They'll have lights. They'll be able to power their computers and TVs or whatever, and it's going to just be a tremendous worldwide game changer. Where is this going to come from? Is it like an ET thing coming in? A very benevolent, large society. You know, so it'll definitely be after the equinox. Hmm? It'll be after the equinox when we become nicer people, more benevolent people. Not necessarily. I mean, it could happen before that, but we'll see. I'll I'll take both at the same time. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That'd blow our minds big time. Talk about being afraid. Yeah. Um. So what else is coming up? Oh, I don't know. Have you got <laughs> Talk about a wide open question. Well, um, how about Trump? Is he going to be president again? I'm told that um, that Mr. Trump will have uh, heart problems and will have to withdraw. And so when I heard that, I said, well, but Mr. Biden said that if if Mr. Trump was not in the race, he might consider not running again. And I was told mm-hmm. that by the time this happens, um, uh, it'll be too late. He'll have to go ahead and and run. Continue but on. he will probably not finish office this term. Really? And will that make uh, Kamala Harris then the president? Assuming or you that don't know if that, she's going to be. That who, that's who he chooses. I don't know. Mm, wow, a lot of changes. I can't imagine even half dying that Trump will pull out. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Um, and then you talk about West Coast um, earthquakes in Yellowstone. Yeah. Is Yellowstone going to blow? Sort of like an on-hold kind of thing. Uh, Yellowstone, yeah. for a year and a half at least, has been sitting at 73% probability uh, earthquakes on the West Coast. 63%. So it hasn't moved. 
But right. I'm told that if uh, my readers of my newsletter see a lot of people migrating away from those areas and a lot of people migrating to those areas, that means that Gaia has been given the go-ahead by our souls to go ahead with the earth, the earthquakes and and uh, the Yellowstone eruption. So be on the lookout. If, if you don't see it, then it's not going to happen. But Sitting in Denver, I'm really kind of attached to what's going to happen in Yellowstone. <laughs> I know. It'll, you'll get... You'll get soot or ash, whatever it's called. Yeah, a lot of it. No, that wouldn't be bad if that's all. You know, well, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, because yeah, because it all depends on how strong the the uh, eruption is. Because it's going. If it does happen, I'm told that it will cause a mini ice age all the way across to Chicago. Oh, geez. Because. Because the snows will not melt in the summer. That's pretty frightening. That's pretty frightening. All right, I have to end on an up note, so you have to okay. tell me something good. good. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end on that. <laughs> well, you've got the questions. I or you've got. Okay. A... Yeah. Um, well, the benevolent um, is is the most important. But what music will continue to last in next? thousand years what's only, that about only classical music um mm. because our popular is what's popular now and i'm told theo says look what's happening more you're starting to hear more songs in different languages so every mm. everyone is starting to have songs that that get popular but they're in another language they're they sound yeah. great they're danceable or whatever they are, but yeah. uh, but in they're not international. Only, class, only classical music. So I hope, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Rhapsody, Rhapsody in Blue? Is that the name of it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it doesn't sound right, but uh, that, yeah, there's I, something. Yeah, I hope that lasts because that's such a beautiful symphony. Okay, so if we're all going to be more benevolent, then um, we're not looking at war. Ah, well, can't <laughs> can't say that. Uh, I I was told that uh, the war in the Ukraine will be the last war in Europe. But when I asked about the Middle East, I was told, unfortunately, no, Tom, it will not be the last war. So, will there be a world world war where we're all in a no. war, no. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. It'll be I'd rather have none, but if I, you know, otherwise <laughs> have it over there, it's terrible to say. But yeah. anyway, on that note, that's a good note, though. Yeah. You know, it'd be great none anywhere, but that's a pretty good note. So, yeah. um, you want to give your website again and where everybody can get hold of you and your your weekly free newsletter. Sure. It's chock full of information. Okay. Yeah, because it's like 10 or 12 pages every single week. So there's, right. a, lot, there's a lot of questions people send to me that I answer uh, mm -hmm. through these meditative sessions that I ask. So the website is www.thegentlewaybook.com, singular, not plural. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And on the very first page, you can subscribe. There's a little box and you can subscribe to the newsletter. Just uh, be sure to confirm it when it comes back to you and says, do you, do you confirm your uh, subscription? And, uh, mm-hmm. and you'll start receiving them. And then people can get your books on your website, but also in Amazon. They can't, they can't so. get them on my website. Uh, or maybe, oh, they can't. Maybe it's a link to Amazon. I can't remember. Uh, but they're certainly available on Amazon or, or oh, okay. uh, you know, the big, the big websites. Yeah. Okay, great. And you can well, order them through your local bookstore, um, but you have to kind of order it. Well, Tom T. Moore, thank you very much for being on the show. Sure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, as always. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. you having me. And benevolent outcome for everybody for your week. Thank you very much. And we're all going to go and ask for the lottery just in case it's in our life path. <laughs> <laughs> just ask for a smaller amount. Oh, you know, $1,000 or yeah. no, no more than a million. <laughs> or pay off the mortgage. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. yeah, great. Thank you very much. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.